Good afternoon and welcome to the next big trade. Um, yeah, welcome. Welcome, Ivan. It's good to be in the same room as you again after all, the, all this time. We're social distancing yeah. for everyone. Yeah, you move over a bit. You're making me uncomfortable. Um, this is closer than we've been next yeah. to each other for about, I don't know, since, since I had my... Since you nearly infected me with coronavirus. Um, so the welcome to today's session. Any advice that's contained in today's presentation is general only. It doesn't take into consideration your personal circumstances and you need to decide whether it's appropriate for you. Past returns are not an accurate indicator of future returns. And as always, options trading and any trading is risky. If you do not know what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing it. And um, you should, uh, you know, before you go down the path of being a trader, go and do uh, some self-learning and play, do things like play the options trading game, which tomorrow is the last day yeah. of the trading game. Um but there'll be another one. Or take a trial on our platform and we'll put some paper trading money in your account and you can practice to your heart's content back to your heart's content. So if you're on the session and you would like to take a trial or um, continue to trade after our um, after we um, after you finish the game or whatever it might be, just type yes in at any point in time and we'll get you sorted out for a 30-day trial. Um, well, finally something happened, Ivan. We had some movement. It did. It yeah. did. Um, I'm just bringing up the XJ. Sorry. By the way, I'm I'm kind of um, new computer. New uh, computer. Very so, nice. You know, and uh, on on a Wi-Fi. Uh, I couldn't connect to my Wi-Fi. But anyway, um, wow, five nine. Yeah. Talk about a. Uh, you know, it was interesting uh, for those of you that were on last night uh, with 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 a session on with Graham. I was just saying how this is just probably reconfirmed that as traders having a fundamental view is not productive. Yep. So, you know, we, we, we sort of, we talked about this 50-day moving average, um, it, the, the price touching that 50-day moving average, and as it kind of took that out, we went, yeah, well, you know, maybe, you know, whatever. And then it took this level out, mm-hmm. uh, and when it took out the high, and we're still kind of saying, they're going, well, we still, if anything, we're still bearish at these levels. Ironically, you took me out of my straddle <laughs> and uh, and ended up me uh, not doing anything. Yeah. Um, and we sort of settled on a, on a bear call uh, spread yeah. at that point in time, which, to be fair, based on where, you know, the, the resistance was probably still not a bad trade. Well, obviously, it didn't, it's not it a didn't work. trade. I don't, I don't, but, I don't um, have a problem with that trade. I think the, the, the point in all of that, though, when, when looking at that trade was if it, there has to be a point where you say, you're switching. It's yeah. not a trade that's yeah. going to get better or you stay in there. And, yeah. and it had to be one where you took a position. Yeah. Um, and what I think it was 50, 56. Did you, did, you do, did you actually do it? Though? No, I didn't no. do it. Okay. No, I, 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 I didn't trade it. But 5,600 was, was a firm stop yeah. on that. So even yeah, if you okay. did it, um, the only issue with that is that uh, with that logic would be, Ivan, that you need to be moving to a bullish position now. Yeah. That, that and that would be that would be emotionally difficult. That would emotionally be difficult for you doing system. that. And I think... Yeah. Uh, anyway, Harry hindsight, but yeah. um, that 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 was just the the frame on that. But it it does look bullish, uh, and and interesting to this, and and we had but a hey, great. It does look bullish, but would would you buy it? Um, you know, really. Yeah, I feel like um, uh, you know that breakout was the bullish signal. Uh, you know, I'd struggle today buying it, mm. but yeah, I don't know. It's up seven and a half percent from Monday. Mm. You know, and um, massive short squeeze in the banks. 
Um, I honestly, you know, I look at this. I've seen some, you know, the stuff that I see through. Yeah. My new, my new, my new child. Yeah. Um, through my broker, it's like it's it's crazy stuff going on mm. in the background. Very interesting. Um, high volume. Lots of uh, there was a lot of uh, considering that it's all pretty much retail. Um, a lot of selling yesterday um, uh, from profit taking from, from yep. retail. Um, the professional side got got squeezed on the banks, mm. um, and I, I look at this and I go, you know, I just like I we, we I'm just right back to where we were last week. Like I can't commit myself to put a position. Yep. And you know, I think this is just just about a time for me personally where I look at this and I think that maybe this is time for us to start looking at individual stocks. <laughs> yeah, but but I don't know. I think um, the you know the the trade signals were there. It's just Today the conversation you're getting to the party pretty late. If uh, if you're looking at if now as being your entry point, um, but that breakout of that level was what we were all waiting to see if that happened. It just didn't happen, um, and so it went sideways for quite some time. And you know there was some good money to be made then. Now it's now it's broken. Yeah. Um, the interesting um, we had a good session on Tuesday night with Mark Bull, um, and so Mark Bull's a full time trader um, and. He, um, you know, uh, gave some really good insight into how he approaches his trading, mm. how he manages his psychology, some of the lessons, some of the indicators he looks at. That's on our podcast channel. should be up on the website by now as well. Um, so I'd recommend going and having a listen to, to what Mark had to say in that conversation. Um, the, we were talking about, and I, and I spoke to Mark this morning on the phone, and, and uh, he'd, he'd had a chat with Graham O'Brien from the ASX, uh, about volatility, and um, and it was in the back of my mind as something that Mark said, which was volatility. He's finding it difficult with volatility being where it is. He thinks it might be expensive, and he sort of cons- he he had a um, he, he came back to sort of you know being he'd been thinking on that. Where is the new mean for volatility? Is it going back to twelve percent or eleven? Mm. You know, or is it going to be sitting up? Uh, or what level is this? And um, and Graham had. Graham's point was he thinks that it's sort of probably more at the levels where it currently is now. Mm. And if that's the case, then um, I, I kind of I kind of agree with uh, with Graham on this one. I don't know. What's your view, Ivan? Uh, controversial. Yeah. I agree more with Graham. Mm. Um, but I agree with Graham to the extent that I think that it's good. this is the mean, but I think that we're a lower part of the mean. I think that we are in, um, and I was saying this, I think, yesterday, I think that when recession proper kicks in, um, we're about to experience, I think, markets that are much more reminiscent of the GFC. Yep. When it was sort of that, I don't know if you remember how to move, but, but it was in October um, 2007, it, it sort of revisited. So it kind of had a, a fall off in July. 2007 was on the back of some of the first the glimpses of um, uh, of the property correction in the mm. US and two best earns funds, um, yep. uh, property funds uh, got liquidated. Yep. And so it, it kind of, it went there, but but in October it actually broke through that high. Yep. Um, and uh, on the back of that, there was this crazy scenario where um, that then really sort of the recessionary kind of thing started kicking in. The real pain started happening. Mm. People literally started selling down stocks to pay for food and all that kind of stuff. And I think that 
you know, I don't want to try and be the, the Mr. Doom and Gloom, but I think that the scary thing is a lot of people haven't been through mm. that market. Yep. And they're, that, that was the first part well, of the you, we, we, This would probably be what you would look at um, to, uh, to, to have a think about yeah. uh, where we were at that time, uh, but we were a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're probably more like this would have been the lower end and then we'd be up to 40 and a heartbeat kind of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, you'll get stock shock, um, you'll get more news coming in, you'll have, you know, all those sorts of other factors that just a, there just hasn't been that much hope. I mean, we've been, um, and uh, you know, we, 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 everything's sort of been, it's been that high correlation, mm. um, low dispersion, mm. um, not that much news going on. Companies haven't been going, oh, by the way, yeah. um, we forgot to tell everyone about, <laughs> this little problem. This, this little problem. <laughs> but you know, but but you know, what we are starting to see now is a lot of people are using coronavirus yeah. as a kind of as a as a yeah. reason for the for the failures yeah. of their business in the past. Yeah. You know, like yeah. um, there's a good article on restaurants and mm. how you know they're trying to be more competitive and lower, mm. but labour's too high and rent's too high, and by the time you know, so suddenly they're all closing down because of coronavirus, but it's not because of coronavirus. Yeah, correct. They already have problems. Yeah. Um, but you know, Russell, yeah. Russell makes a comment about there's a lot more stimulus going on the markets these days. Sure, but also, you know, there was a very, like, at least this, if you remember how the stimulus was done, the the first trillion, that was done over a period of, like, three, four years. Mm. You know, it was just done in dips and drabs, and, and this time around, it's like, well, how much can we do? Let's do three times the GFC. This seems like a three times bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> done. Yeah. Okay, well, JobKeeper's about to run out in Australia, and the stimulus dries up at some point in time when you've bought everything you can possibly buy. What happens then? Mm. Yeah, that's that's the question, and you know that's why for me to bring myself to go in and buy what I still think is a is a dead cat bounce. Yeah. Um. You know, as I said this last night, I'm I'm still in for me in terms of the actual trading, I'm still selling down my stocks slowly. Um. Was was supposed to back today actually? <laughs> Sorry, just because. Mm. But you know, like I I got out of Santos probably prematurely. Um. Well, we're going to um, do another dispersion trade. Yeah. Um. I. In Great next, timing, you know, weeks, like yeah. that, that kind of stuff is interesting. So the last trade went really well. Um, we closed it and we're looking at rolling back in now. So I think vol's low enough. Correlation is still pretty high um, and we think the dispersion will come as the events, company-specific events, mm. start to come to light uh, and, and think that will play out over the next 12 months. Yeah. So uh, And probably agree. I just don't really have too many opinions about um, you know the 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 way that when when and how mm. but that this is a dead cat bounce. I mean, but, from, yeah. from the point of view of you know stocks and stuff, I just I'd rather miss the entire rally right now. Mm-hmm. I just you know I, I there's plenty of other things I can go and deploy my money to. Yeah. Um and yeah, wages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know I just I just yeah, I just yeah. So I you know I'd rather I'd rather be in cash there. Um, in terms of this dispersion fund, that's actually something quite interesting. Yeah. Know. Maybe you can invite me to a web. Yeah, I'll get you involved. If anyone's interested in that dispersion, we haven't put a webcast date up on that yet, but if, you would, if you've would, if got any interest in it, just say, uh, I don't know, DIS, type DIS mm. into the chat box and we'll invite you to the webcast we do on it um, and, and, I'll, and I'll run through what dispersion is and one of your products. Works. Yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah. the first time I attend one of those. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I, I um, had a bit of a um, uh, a chat about with a trader from uh, old, say, Nameless, 
fund the other day, uh, and uh, yeah, they they kind of agree with it. They're they're just you know it's interesting how people look at the market. Mm. That's all I'll say. Um, so yeah, if you any interest there, anyone who's and and this is the first time actually um, we've gone the extra mile and done it so that you can uh, anyone can invest. When I say anyone, uh, a retail investor can invest, but we're going to have some pretty tr- strict. Like we're not really interested in in dispersion, giving that to someone that's never even thought about what an option is or dispersion or correlation yeah. or volatility. We're not really interested in getting people into these types of things that don't understand those topics. Um, so people from uh, implied volatility and, and so forth will be able to get exposure, but not the general public. Um, so anyway. Uh, someone because it's a one-minute overview, I think that, you know, I mean, again, it, it, the basis of the, of the investment, if I, if I understood it correctly, is that um, it's a basket of stocks. And if that starts moving around, and yeah. So what we yeah. So the one minute overview is this: um, one, we like it when volatility is not at um, record highs. <laughs> uh, if it's down towards the mean or something like that, that's fine. So that's part of the pricing of the trade. And the other part is um, what you what we do is we choose a basket of stocks that are highly correlated at that time, but we believe will be dispersed uh, over the next period of time. So we might say, for example, we've got a financial uh, a, a bank versus a um, fintech business or uh, a, 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 a high street retailer versus um, some you know, technology business, right? Where we're saying, you know, we think massive headwinds for this one, tailwinds, or if, if the economy goes incredibly well, this one will do really well, this one will struggle or whatever mm. it might be. So they, we want them to disperse over time and we believe that when you go into, in, in, when you're heading into a period where there's more and more economic uncertainty, that will be where you see these mm. types of businesses go in different directions. And then so we're measuring the distance between and the more dispersion it is, that the higher the dispersion levels, even if they just return to sort of normal levels, um, that... Um, the, the, you know, the, that improves um, the performance of this investment. All right. Yeah. But if you come along, I'll actually go through, thanks, Sean, I'll actually go through and just show what correlation and dispersion is and explain it to you and then give you some stats on sort of how, it, how it's worked over time yeah. and, and the basket of stocks that we put together and why we've chosen mm. those that particular basket. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's US-based, isn't it? So it's looking at... International, international, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, is, which is interesting. Mm. I think that broadly speaking, you know, we're we're in this exciting period of um, mass rebalancing mm. throughout. You know, there was a yeah. lot of yield investments. I mean, you saw what happened to some of the lits that just got absolutely clobbered in March. Yeah, massive transition now from. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. I was, I was, it was quite funny. I had the uh, portfolio manager in here in in, mm. in the studio. Mm. Um, uh, we, we were helping Nab, or we were doing that with Nab, and it was an, it was a Really interesting interview. This guy out of Pittsburgh, who's based out in Singapore. Yeah. Um, you know, like I go for Pittsburgh Penguins as a, as a hockey team, so we go to be delivered. Yeah. Oh yeah, we totally. Yeah, we go to gears. I, I don't follow it. I'm like, oh damn you. But um, but it was interesting. I asked him, so how would it perform in the event of a crash? And he goes, oh, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, we've we've got a really strong portfolio and all this kind of stuff. And then it kind of just got a little bit harder than the market came back. But um, anyway, it's interesting. But um, uh, I think that uh. That was a very interesting kind of, you know, you could buy that, for example, mm. or something like, a, like it was like trading at forty percent discounts, and now that's that's at value. You know, it was like proper, wow, proper, and it was just, you know, they they just had a, they were doing a raise at like a ten percent discount. Why, why, why so much volatility in that type of investment? 
Uh, good question. Is it highly levered? Uh, no, no, it just uh, it was just, it was a rebalance. People were just smashing it down. It's like you know you get a lot of these mm, um, infrastructure funds, yeah. infrastructure fund, funds that trade at a discount to yeah. actual physical assets yeah. because it's a liquidity problem. Um, so the argument to them is, oh, you can go on and buy this awesome set of Chinese infrastructure at a fifteen percent discount to the value of if you sell it. Yeah. But is there really a seller for a coal plant out in you know uh, Shenzhen, for example? Like probably not. Yeah. So or a buy for or it. A so, or a yeah. buy for it. Yeah. So um, it's it's again, and those those instruments are <laughs> it's called CP drive a hard bargain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Get all this data. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, no, it's interesting. So so it was just it was a massive. Um, it was just a massive shift. It was yeah. a, and, okay, because a lot of those funds got uh, clobbered because they represent something that they're not actually, right? So if you oh, look underneath it, I'm not saying that was in their yeah, case, that, that the was, leverage of what they're, you know, they're going into sort of fairly highly leveraged. I mean, the stuff that they had, so they they were exposed to like, the, the, their fund was built, I forget, in like 2,000 yep. corporate bonds and they were all sort of super, oh. super, super, super blue chips like, you yeah. know, um, BP, for example, and Shell oh. and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I guess a lot of those companies, when, when things got really scary, you're like, okay, well, it's senior ranking debt, but it's still scary. So yeah, I it was forty eight, forty four hundred. It was, it was, <laughs> it was game scary. on. And now you're kind of like, oh, this market is never going down. So mm. anyway, so it's interesting. I think that I think Russell's comment about the um, the stimulus, it is different. It is. We yeah. haven't seen this. Like this no. is just this is not something that is it the new norm. But when does the money run out? Mm. And um, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, what happens when it runs out. Yeah, and, the, and, and, and the price that you pay is an invisible one, right? So yeah. it's um, – and but everyone's willing to pay it for now. Maybe it's just some kind yeah. of a move towards global yeah. communism where it, the governments are going to own everything and then just devalue but, but everything. Is. That's what's know, happening. Right, right, right each other's dead yeah. off. That, that is exactly what you and I are going to do yeah. in the communist world. <laughs> we need to join the party. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, we move into politicians. <laughs> Yeah, wait for the Patrick Ivan fund. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. All right. Well, um, there you we go. Would, we we digress. Terrible politics. Correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just scratch <laughs> under the surface, and uh, there'd be photos. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know yeah. what you've got. In your... That's why I don't use an iPhone. Um, but <laughs> they'll never live it down. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. But um, but in terms of like in terms of going back to the market, we really did digress. Um, you know, I think that probably uh, where, where I think now opportunities is going to happen is in, in that kind of dispersion play, ultimately, if you're setting it up yourself. And that kind of, never logged in on this computer, uh, but I'm just going to go to the stock screen. And the thing that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in a funny mode. I, I don't know whether I really want to participate in the market at the moment. Trade. Trade. Mm. I just, you know, I, there's not really a full heap that, you know, I, like this is probably one thing that I'm becoming a lot better at myself mm. as being a little bit more patient with the market. Mm. I would have been in shorting the shit out of the market by now. And I don't know, I just I'd rather watch the trend come yeah. off a little bit. But the interesting thing is is look at But that, know, that, but hang on a second, I'll take your task on that. You've got a bias yes. towards being bearish. But the information that the market's been presenting is is well, I, it was to me it was sideways and now it's bullish. Right? Um so why would why wouldn't I know. I just think it's happy days. There's trades the, out there. The reason why, yeah. yeah, the reason why I'm not going to do anything on the XJ right now is because I've got a bias. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's why I didn't do anything last week. Yeah, and 
you know, and and again, if I just ignored that and just traded it was there, yeah, I would have been in the market now, and I would have been making adjustments and and probably reconsidering where mm. I was after cashing out of my straddle. But you know, yeah. I've, I've got this this guy who gives me a good bearish trades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, I probably Mark and I need to come to terms with volatility. Right? Yeah, and I and I, and and but quickly. All right, Mark's gone. XJ price is going up, volatility is going up, which is unusual. I, I don't know that it is uh, when the move is this strong yeah. and it's a breakout. Yeah. So I think it's probably, to, well. It's a general rule of thumb that when price goes up, volatility goes down. But volatility is, a, is an uncertainty measure. Mm. And just because the market's going up doesn't mean that there's There's a few items in the market still. There's, there's a few. Well, you know, Graham spoke about this massive WPL trade yesterday yeah. as a roll. I mean, that's a deep in the money foot roll. Wow. And, uh, you know, and he just added to his size. So he's bearish on markets till March next year. And, I mean, that's that's a... Or ten, WPL that's, at least. Well, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, WPL will get creamed if, mm. um, if uh, oil comes off, mm. you know, again. Mm. Um, and so, the, yeah, and it's going to come off with the global economy. So mm. I think that's kind of a big bet on... That's a $10 million bet on mm. a... Uh, on a position which is talking about uh, potentially, you know, this lockout, so we're mm. going to come out into the world and then everyone's going to get sick again and mm. there's a second stream and, and, and we're all back to where we were and then the economy's absolutely doomed. Mm. Interesting bet. I mean, if you've got, you know, if you've got $10 million in your portfolio, it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean's, what's the skew doing? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 it, it, there's actually a whole piece of work that we're looking at doing. I've been doing, looking at for a while. Just been busy doing that sort of other stuff. Um, but uh, we, there, there is an intention of actually charting that over time. But you can go look at the SKU uh, through. It's a little bit manual, but you can look through it on the back testing. So you can go into the back test or go into the options chain, and you'll see kind of what the what, what the ball's doing. Um, A2 milk. Oh, you know what has been doing really well. I've been looking through the iron condors that have been coming up. Yep. Um, they've been, so the, which was, you know, we were talking about that for a mm. while. Yeah, every time there's a big move and you get the consolidation phase, mm. high volatility. Yeah. Um, some really, some have been absolutely blown out of the water. Yeah. Um, but really high good risk rewards. And, mm. um, yeah, anyway, so I, I haven't seen one come up yeah. uh, for, for about a week now. But, mm. anyway, um, AT Milk, uh, that's probably an interesting one. So that's in terms of IV rank, that's, that's right up there. Um, I think that it's it's interesting. So it's 67%, you know, right here, sort of around a pivot point. Um, I think interesting for a uh, for an iron condor. Um, this might be actually I've I've been looking at A2 milk so often, and I'm just going to go on and create 28 days. So uh, next month expiry um, almost one to one. Look at that. 1658. Uh, so as long as it doesn't take out the high by more than fifty cents, um, or comes down to here, that's massive. Um, that is crazy. Um, so I, I I quite like this one. Look at this. So uh, four twenty to five eighty mm. risk reward. And 1558, 1950, uh, 15, call it 1550, 1950 yeah. break-even, which is here, 1550 or 1950s here. Mm. That's, a, that's a really interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah. one. Um, I don't mind that. And can you show me Bolt. my... Yeah, well, and 
important. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And can you give me the matrix? Oh, you in the matrix. All right, let's go to the matrix. You're just, you're just such a matrix right. kind of guy. So, so maybe change price down, increments to two. That's probably a down 20% type move is what you'd probably get. Mm -hmm. 50 to 40 is about 20%. Okay. Uh, what do you want? And we probably need to go, yeah. <laughs> so you got, it's skewed on the down, but sorry, oh, you did say that. My cough, by the way, is just... Nothing. Yeah, you, you it, move a little bit further away, it, please. It's normal. Uh, the 5% um, price increments on this, so 10% up is still fine. Um, well, you're not on max. 10% um, down. It's a good range for it to trade in. Yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. Can 16 and 19. So, not, look, 19's, uh, I mean, keep in mind, 19's the uh, the 52 with Kai's 1923, right? Yeah. So it's, if it's going to take it out, you'd think it's going to be pretty pretty violent. I agree with your comments, David. It's been a little bit like a pseudo-precious metal lately. Market goes up, goes down. But the interesting thing about that is it's also partially driven. The reason why, why who knows, but it's, it's obviously a lot of trade stuff going on at the moment, which is questionable for A2. Um but uh, anyway, interesting, interesting. Um, uh, David, asks, can you explain the normal margining practices with regard to out-of-the-money spread positions? I was surprised to see $1,400 of extra margin taken from my account when the only open position was seriously out-of-the-money full put spread that expires today. So, Dave, it kind of depends as to um, uh, what sort of happened there, if you've traded anything. Um, uh, the margining system is interesting. The last couple of days of the position, your margin, if it's a sold spread, it typically goes up. Um, the very simple way—it's not it's a super simple way—but um, unfortunately, I'm not in. I'm in sort of our admin view, so I can't bring out any portfolios. Um, but uh, the uh, what, what's going to happen is, uh, if you look at the sort of the 16 risk arrays, there's a risk array matrix there. Um, what happens is your the lowest point out of those 16 risks uh, on the portfolio screen will be how your risk margin is charged. Um, our broker applies, is it a 1.25 multiple now or is it 1.2 still? Do you remember? 1.2? 1.2, yeah. I think, yeah, mm -hmm. 1.2. So you get a 20%. So if your maximum loss is like a 1,000, our broker is nice enough to charge us 1.2,000. Uh, that's not money that you have to pay away, obviously, just extra buffer um, that you keep in your account. It sort of covers a bit of exercise risk, assignment risk, I should say. Um, so that once once that's covered, you, you effectively get that back. Um, in terms of why you specifically had a spike, the margining system is a little bit abnormal. We're in the last uh, week, in particular, last two days of your spread. Margins can sometimes be a little bit more in those 15, 16 risk, risk arrays, which is um, risking effectively like a two times normal move. So if A2 milk over time has been moving like 10%, for example, and that's the, the PSR, that it, and you can see that on that risk array screen uh, by hovering over. Um, that shows you the, the moves that the ASX is saying. Um, but it, it effectively will then say if, if a normal move is 10%, then it's actually going to risk it at 20%. So, you know, you can imagine what the likelihood of something like that happening is pretty low, but nevertheless, that's sort of the way the ASX looks at it. Post-March, uh, when everything was crazy, uh, the ASX went and, and widened a lot of their um, price scanning risk ranges and, and um, vol risk scanning ranges. So that was sort of, that's, that's important to note. Um, and uh, yeah, and so deep out of the money stuff typically gets a penalty. Um, and that, that's probably what happened. Um, but, you know, the way that our guys trade, um, you know, it's, 
it's annoying, but you get it back in the next day or two anyway. Mm. Um, being out of the money is a good thing. Okay, milk, you want to do it? I am seriously thinking about it, you know. Um, <sighs> the treaty, yeah, I'm 1.2, 1.2 margin. Uh, I think we've answered all the questions, by the way. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, it's interesting, um, uh, interesting, interesting um, stuff. You know, like okay, okay, since there's a 1.2 margin, we are viewing options, uh, seeing sort of what's around in the market, see if we can get a better rate on that. Yeah. Um, so we'll let you know if we know anything. Uh, what is the expected average rate of return on options trading for a year compared to equities investing? Uh, wow, Neil. Uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, uh, the only way I could answer that is to say the most likely scenario for someone who goes into trading options is that they'll lose money. Um, the um, way that you don't put yourself in that camp is by educating yourself, practicing and committing to ongoing learning your craft and Anyone that tells you there's any other roadmap to that is lying to you. Um, <laughs> it, 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 look, it, you know that's 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 the reality. It's um, you know if if ten of us went and opened up uh, a shop on a high street, you know eight of us in five years from now would have wasted our time and lost our money, right? <laughs> it's two, but you know, you know, eight of us would have lost. In, two of us would have won. No, no, eight, yeah, eight would have lost in the first two years. Oh, in the two years, yeah. you're right. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, and, oh, but they but, but probably would have kept pouring money from a home loan into <laughs> keeping the dream alive, right? Yeah. But I think that's just reality. It's, it's life. When you have to stand on your own two feet and do something, it's tough, right? Yeah. And uh, and trading is the same. So, you know, the guys who are out there um, who are proficient um, can support themselves off their trading and some can do very, very well from it. I personally have been trading for a long period of time and I make money out of it and I um but I I just I I don't make money that could cover my lifestyle and I don't think I'd ever want to put myself just me personally mm -hmm. in that position are you going to look at uh the sort of results that Ivan had when he was trading full time um you know the incredible results but you know for me I think if I can make holiday fix the front fence money um, you know, I've renovated the house uh, using trading profits. I've done a bunch of stuff with it, enjoyed doing it, but if I had to worry about paying the bills with it, it would change mm. my psychology around trading and I don't mm. think I'd be successful. And and that's just, but that's me. So what I get from the market mm. is something that, it, that is, is personal to me. Um, Which also else, means you're a lot more patient about entries and all that kind of correct. stuff. Correct. Like when I was trading full time, yep. God, you know, the, the, I, my my win rate was legitimately ridiculous mm. like it was high nines do you know what I mean like yeah the small amount of times that I went in and lost and typically lost big mm. um which is why you know I don't trade like that anymore mm. uh like that's that was the stuff that was always driven out of impatience yeah and um that's that's still a challenge seriously that's still a challenge yeah. for me today well just being it, the challenge for me is when we you know, we, Ivan and I both um, get busy with our businesses and mm. so forth, and then we won't trade as much for a period of time. But when we are trading quite a lot, that's when it's more problematic for me over trading. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when I'm sitting on the sidelines, I'll yeah. see something I love and I'll go after yeah. it. When I'm trading all the time, making good money, I start telling myself stories about how good yeah. I am, and then I start yeah. doing extra trades. So yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, there you go. That's probably a, a, a yeah. conversation for another day. But anyway, thank you for that question, Neil. Really good question, spot on. Mm. Um, 
Okay, uh, lip long, short, reach, developed, yes they are. Any material difference from bull put and bear call spreads? No, there are not. It's just a different version of, uh, at of the money, them. but the trading system that underlies the lit longs and lit shorts—that's that's the part that actually is lit. So, um, Tony, if you've been receiving the ten by tens, there's a trading. I think I think the fifth uh, video is where there's an actual trading plan that gets sent to you. Yep. Um, that plan, trading plan is available. Tim can get it yep. to you. I was going to ask Tim. Yep. 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 I just ask him. Yeah. Um, just ring them up in here. You can shoot it over to you, and that that talks about the rules and yep. everything like that. We've um, done videos on there. They're sitting on the website. We've done heaps of stuff on lit. We so have. Yeah, they're they're in the library. Yeah. 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 Uh, slightly unrelated question: If a position is stock covered, at what time on expiry date are the stocks released as collateral, uh, or is it not until the next day? So if your if your um, position is stock covered, okay. So if you've got collateral lodged, you actually have to physically unlodge it to get it back. Um, that's sort of the, the basic answer to that. It's not an automatic mechanism, Paul. Um, uh, Mark, my system gave a bullish signal on 25th of May. Our next year, I looked at a 59.50 June call, $210 a contract, volatility 22%, so I said vol too high, did nothing at the prices. 11.50 a contract, so my opinion on that volatility too high was wrong. Yeah, and look, volatility is an interesting beast, Mark. I mean, we sort of chatted about that on Tuesday, but, you know, it's it, it's mean reverting, but what's the mean? That's, that's the part that has traders um, guessing, I guess. And mm. so, you know, when you look at something like A2 Milk, for example, um, you know, you can see that that is anything below 30 was clearly low, um, and you can probably argue that anything above 60 and potentially 50 is high. But that's making a that's making an assumption based on what we've seen over a one year period. You know, we're not going to get much on a five year period because it's it's relatively new. But you know, like that, that that's your range, and so you think that's going to be your mean logically. But then maybe we've got um, China Australia disputes. A two milk is selling to contracts in China, then it's not, then it is, then it's not, and suddenly there's all this volatility around. Um, you know, that, that could can drive, you put drive that volatility market. chart in the um in the dashboard, in, set it up as a dashboard? No? No, not at the moment. Yeah. Could we? Oh. Uh, you, uh, so there's a sort of a little bit of an answer there. We're adding chart templates to this. Okay. So, yeah, you'll be able to see Vol, and you can just probably, yeah. So, yeah. anyway, long answer is there is something. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So, All right. <clears throat> um, okay. So yeah, interesting. Alrighty. Um, any any final questions? Any uh, trades or anything anyone wants to discuss? Otherwise, we'll call session to a halt. Thank you for everyone for making the time to join us again. Uh, Can I have a look at that? Um, Tuesday, I've got to get to lock in a, a trader for Tuesday night. I've got someone very very interesting, very very interesting right. for next Tuesday night. Is that you? No. Nope. <laughs> might be if they if they say no, uh, but they're uh, they're just confirming dates with us. Um, yeah. But otherwise, uh, what are the bars at the side of the chart, Trudy? Uh, options games players, uh, you've got, geez, if someone's long, they might have, I don't know, the leaderboard has changed today. try and remember my password and this was hard enough. So these charts, by the way, Trudy, that's called volume at price. Um, it's like a price underlay. Uh, it's uh, vol uh, profile is what it's called. Um, and what it shows you is the volatile is the price, sorry, the volume done at a particular price. 
Um, so it can give you an indication of pivot points. Um, so you can't get that for XJO because it's not a futures contract, but for individual stocks you can get that. So if you're looking at something that's a big part of the section like CBA, you can look at it for some... Uh, oh, XJO actually does have it populated now. That's good. Um, so you can kind of zoom in and you can see that... Uh, well, actually, you can go in and say, let's say, on, on a four-hour chart or a one-hour chart maybe. Probably doesn't give you this info. Four-hour chart maybe. No, not enough info. So if you go to a, a daily chart, <clears throat> you can say that over the last... Uh, called three months, for example. There's been a lot of um, a lot of volume done around this level, around five between five thousand five hundred and fifty, which we knew, and collectively the entire move here uh, was all done on pretty low volume, um, both ways. So it's it's a, it's a good indication of, uh, of sort of understanding where things are at. Alrighty, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we will catch you next week. See you. Later.